Hello, and welcome in to episode five of our spring 2023 curriculum podcast series. We are working through the book of Daniel, and today I have Jenny in the podcast studio to talk about Daniel 5. Jenny, hey, y'all. say hello to the people. Uh, we are going to start kind of by recapping and talking a little bit about Daniel 5. There's a little bit of an interconnectedness between mm-hmm. those two, so... Uh, Jenny, just give us a little background and then talk about how that connects to uh, where we're going this week. Yeah. So last week, Warren walked us through Daniel 4, which was King Nebuchadnezzar's dream of a toppled tree. Um, In this dream, Daniel was the only one who could interpret it. And he tells King Nebuchadnezzar that he needs to humble himself before the Lord. Um, And just through a lot of things, Nebuchadnezzar does end up humbling himself, um, and in this, his humanity is restored to him. Um, Similarly, in chapter 5, Belteshar has a dream that only Daniel can interpret, but in contrast to Nebuchadnezzar, he does not humble himself. Belteshar doesn't. Um, And I would just recommend re-watching the Daniel video from the Bible Project um, to see the connection between those chapters because they kind of explain it a little bit more, um, and they connect it to different stories of the Bible like Genesis and I believe in the Psalms. So... Definitely recommend rewatching that um, to get kind of a little bit more context. Sweet. So diving a little bit more into uh, this week, it just gives a little bit of an overview of where we're headed in Daniel 5. Yeah. So in Daniel 5, we're talking about Belteshar's feast. So he's hosting this big feast with a bunch of his friends, like really lavish, thinking, think like uh, steak dinner with Michelin star chef, like best of the best. You've got all the toppings in the sides, um, or at least that's what I envision a big feast to look like if you're yeah. a king. Um, and in the middle of it, uh, Belteshar decides to bring out the, the best wine of the vessels of gold and silver from the Temple of Jerusalem, um, and something crazy happens. It kind of reminds me of uh, in Harry Potter and Chamber of Secrets when like the writing gets written on the walls. But this time... A uh, hand appears out of thin air and starts writing words. Um, so that's just my connection to it, but that's probably not what this yeah. actually looks like. Uh, it's probably a little bit scarier than that. Um, but that's kind of something you can't ignore. Uh, and Belteshar is obviously freaked out and is asking his wise men um, to read and interpret the written words um, because he can't, and so he's looking for other people. Um, and when they can't figure it out, the queen asks Daniel to come and interpret for the king um, because he's the only one that can so he interprets a dream and tells Belteshar to humble himself before God, just as he told King Nebuchadnezzar to do. Um, but Belteshar never turns away from his ways, or turns from his ways into the Lord, um, which later leads to his death. Tough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just keep being so amazed that these uh, kings keep going to all their enchanters and astrologers and. Uh, people and all these wise men when time and time again, yeah. <laughs> like these guys are certified, not good at their job. <laughs> they uh, just, uh, that's, they're kind of the ones where it's like, if you don't know history, you're doomed to repeat it. Like uh-huh. he had the person right before him, Nebuchadnezzar, this similar thing happened and he's still choosing to ignore it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good example of, uh, of history repeating itself for sure. I also, when I read this passage for the first time, it blew my mind. Like I'd always heard the the phrase, like the writings on the wall. Yeah. And I did not know that was from scripture. Yeah. So maybe some of you guys are having a similar revelation, but there you go. That's uh, that's from the Bible. Yep. <laughs> so let's dive a little bit more into this. Uh, as you read this passage, what kind of popped out to you the most? Um, I think the cool thing that 
really popped out to me this time, because I've read Daniel before, but I never really noticed a connection between chapter four and chapter five. I think the Bible Project video really kind of uh, highlighted that to me. Um, Just seeing how, like it's humbling to see the difference between the king's reactions and how God responds to both of them. Like God is asking both of them to lower their pride, to humble themselves and to worship him again. Um, And there's two very different reactions, but there's also two different consequences to what happens. Um, Nebuchadnezzar, his humanity is restored to him, um, whereas Balthazar is dead by the end of it, which is just very drastic changes um, to see. Um, So yeah, I want to be really careful in how I say this because like our aim in this is not to bring shame on you um, for like if you're, connecting more with Balthazar rather than Nebuchadnezzar and how you're relating to God right now. Like, um, we just want to kind of take that time to just evaluate our lives and say, all right, Lord, is there places where you're asking me to humble myself and to lower my pride? Is there places that you need me, um, to just give over to you? And I think that was a really challenging thing, um, for me reading through this is like, oh, I really should probably evaluate my life and figure out where the Lord's asking me to do kind of what, what he's asking these kings to do um, in a different way, obviously, because um, they were kings over and ruling a lot of God's country, but, well, not God's country. That's probably not the right terminology <laughs> for it, um, but his land. And so um, just even thinking through all right, what has the Lord gifted me with or given me um, that I'm not stewarding well? And how can I, um, I don't know, just kind of lower my pride? Like, have I taken that and taken that into my own hands and tried to play the role of God? Or am I really allowing the Lord to work through me rather than me doing it for my own accord? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, it makes me think of even uh, this idea that that God is jealous, mm-hmm. um, but like jealous in the most loving way. Like yeah. he's jealous for his people and their hearts and is jealous of when they, you know, give their worship that they were created to give to something other than him. Yeah. Um, and we see this a lot in the Old Testament, specifically in this passage of, you know, Belshazzar is kind of trolling the God of, of Israel yeah. um, by just pulling out their, um, you know, their sacred goblets and, mm-hmm. and all this. So, um yeah, there's just this jealous nature of God saying like, you know, I, I want you to know me as, um, you know, the God of all creation. Yeah, yeah. Just even like viewing things because he may not, well, obviously Belshazzar is not viewing God as this holy and mighty person. Um, so he's seeing, oh yeah, I can just, he's seeing the God of the universe as just another God. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, oh yeah, I can take these goblets from the temple. Like no big deal. This is just something small. Um, Like there's so many other gods that I could be taking from. I'll just take it from this one. And it doesn't really matter. And even just relating that to our own lives, like are there sins in our life or are there things that we're doing that we may view as small and we're like, oh yeah, that's not really a big deal. God doesn't care that much about it. Um, that he actually does. And he's actually calling us like, hey, I want to call you out of that sin. Even if it's just like, I mean, telling white lies or you know, just something that may seem really small to you, it really does matter a lot in God's eyes. And how, um, yeah, just how we view that and how we handle that can really change the trajectory of our lives and how the Lord wants to move in and through us. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. There's almost this question of like, what is the, like, what would our own like writing on the wall be? Yeah. Of like, oh, we're not going in the right direction. Yeah. And I think you hear this phrase a lot in culture of like, oh, we, we saw the writing on the walls a long time ago of where the, con- where the country was headed, where the world was headed, where yeah. society's headed. We should have seen the writing on the walls. Um, and you can even see that in culture nowadays of just how so many things are shifting. Mm-hmm. Um, just even like, I, I think the big prominent one that I'm thinking of is like the sexual revolution. Could we have seen the effects of what that was going to do later on in life when it was happening? I think there was probably some writing on the walls there. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, I can't think of other things off the top of my head right now, but there's probably so many other things where it's like, okay, where is this leading our culture? And even just evaluating your life of like, what am I doing now and how is that? going to affect me later in life? Like, am I becoming a person of prayer that's going to make me a person of prayer later in life? Am I reading scriptures so that I can memorize it so that later in life I can pull from that? Or am I just kind of coasting along with God? Because um, what you're doing now is going to really affect how the rest of your life goes, especially in college. Um, I don't know if this is Gene or if this was a dance quote or it could be someone else. Um, <laughs> But I remember them saying, uh, in college you make your habits and after college your habits make you. Um, So what you're doing now is really affecting how you're going to live the rest of your life, which it may not seem like it in the moment because you're like, oh, well, college is just kind of this limbo time where I just get to do school or just get to do school and work. And then once I get into my career, then things will really change. But you have this time now that you can invest in your relationship with God that's going to make it a priority so that when things get shifted and you have all these other responsibilities in your life, that's already a priority. You don't have to change that. That's just going to follow along with everything else that you have to do. Um, So the habits that you make now really do affect how you live your relationship with the Lord post-college. Yeah, that's great. Um, moving into maybe some red flags over this week's scripture discussion. Um, what maybe potential pitfalls could arise in our group discussions this week? Yeah. One thing, there's a few that I could probably get into in this passage. Um, one thing is just the overanalyzation of your life that could lead you into a downward spiral of thinking like, oh, well, kind of this, not necessarily woe is me type of situation, but even just thinking like, okay, there's this sin in my life, there's this sin in my life, and I need to fix all this, or God's not going to love me, and that's just not the case. Um, But if you think there might be some pride or sin in your life that you need to work through, pray that the Lord would reveal that, and don't always jump to conclusions, because there may be things that He wants to work on with you, um, whereas you're jumping 10 steps ahead. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually deeper things that need to be unpacked and need to be worked through before you can get to the thing that you see on the surface. Um, And another thing I wanted to talk about uh, that even Landon and I were talking before this of just, oh, this is a little interesting, Um, just the divine judgment in the theological soundings portion of this book. Um, We were talking with, I mean, we went and had questions. We went and asked Derek and CJ and Rick. So just want to encourage you all, like, we don't know all the answers either. So if you want to ask questions, please ask questions. Um, and don't just kind of leave that stone unturned and being like, oh, 
I don't really know about this. This um, uh, feels like maybe a, a point to just plug the doctors in. Yes, yes, yes. On Spotify <laughs> and wherever else you get your podcasts. Exactly. Uh, you can send in your questions to uh, ukcsf.org slash doctor. Yeah. Dr. Derek King will uh, answer your questions. So if you don't already, like, subscribe, uh, wherever you can get podcasts. Mike, you're welcome when you listen to this. It's not sponsored. Um, but even just talking about the Hebrews 10 passage of... Um, you know, having your heart hardened beyond the point of redemption. It says, if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Um, I think our question was more of like, okay, well, if, like, how do you know if you're beyond saving, you yeah. know? And all of them were, which I think the term is, Apostasy is what CJ used. It's the abandonment or reunification of religious political belief. Building your biblical what, vocabulary today. That's what the dictionary says. So you can look up apostasy. Um, but they were all essentially like, if you are questioning this, you're not in that boat. So that's a good thing. <laughs> if you're like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Um, just be reassured, that's not you. Um, but uh, one thing Rick said that I think is a really good question of like, okay, but if you were to evaluate your life, what is happening in your life that could lead you down that road? And if you don't want to go down that road, you should probably change some things in your life. Like, is that the sin that you need to um, bring up? Or is that something that you need to work through with accountability or bring up to your core group leader or um, just some key people in your life? Um, what does it look like to... Um, go on a path towards holiness and not towards this other place where you could have your heart hardened and deliberately be rejecting the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think Daniel four and five does this interesting thing of, of holding up a mirror to us and, mm. and asking how we respond when we're confronted with our own sin. Yeah. Uh, I think that specifically for these two Kings, it's around pride. Mm -hmm. um, but really I think we could use this as a, you know, a metaphor for really any sin of like when it's put in front of you, do you respond in repentance, like King Nebuchadnezzar, yeah. or do you respond by doubling down like Belshazzar and we see the fruit of those two decisions. And mm -hmm. so um, it's not necessarily meant to scare us, but maybe if it serves a little bit of a wake up call of, um, man, God takes this stuff seriously yeah. and he's after my heart. Um, and he wants to confront me with these things so that I seek after him. Yeah. Um, because we see the beauty of that when, when King Nebuchadnezzar does so. Um, yeah. And so really there's a, there's a beautiful invitation in maybe what can feel like, um, harsh on the surface, I guess. Yeah. You're kind of like, I don't remember where I heard this metaphor, but you're kind of walking the line where there's a ditch on both sides. Like you don't want to go too far on the side of apostasy, but you don't want to go too far in the way of, oh, well, like the Lord doesn't really care that much. Um, you want it like the Lord does take this seriously. So we should also take it seriously, Absolutely. but it's not, um, yeah, you shouldn't be all consumed by it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So as we move out of discussion of Daniel 5, maybe what are some good um, takeaways or practical applications out of this scripture? Yeah, I think just even going back to what we were talking about earlier, like don't ignore the writing on the walls. Um, just take some time to sit with the Lord and assess what you see in your life or in the culture that the Lord's asking you to change direction in. Like, are there, is there a path that you're going down that is not leading to holiness, that's not leading to the Lord? Um and then ask, like, how is he calling you to change your life or live differently? And are there places in your life that you need to be humbled in, like uh, Belteshazzar and Nebuchadnezzar? Is there pride in your life that you need to work through? Um, so just really sit with the Lord 
um, this week and just think through, is there a path that I'm going down that you don't want me to go down? Um, and yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jenny, thank you for your work here. Thank you for diving into Daniel 5 for us and making some sense of it. And we hope you guys have an awesome discussion in groups this week. And we will see you next time for Daniel 6. Daniel 6.